you give a warm welcome to Dusty Otis? Thank you, Pastor Robert. Well, good morning. I can't do it as good as Robert, and I don't know if, if what you, he just said. Uh, he's something special. I think you guys all know that here, um, to come to a place to be able to share uh, the humility that he and uh, Julie have and Victoria. It's just been amazing. We've been treated like road to this week. And so um, I don't know that I've met another man like him where, one, he's adapted his ministry so well that he still has thousands of people following him, right? Yeah. And then he is honest. I, what I love about him thus far is he shoots straight to the point. He's transparent. He's honest. And he'll tell you exactly how it is, which, which we need a little bit more of that in America. Amen. Yeah. And so then he, he said a lot of stuff I was going to say, so we can just jump right in today, <laughs> which is good. Um, we got to go to Estes Park. Me and my wife were married 15 years ago on November 11th in Estes Park. So we got to go there yesterday and visit with our kids and, and show them, hey, because we stood here, you stand here. And it was really nice to, uh, to do that. We invite our kids in a lot. And what I'm going to talk about today, I was going to talk about the significance of 60. When I originally talked to Robert, John Maxwell would say, when you get to your 60s, you're at the height of your influence. You're at the peak of your influence. And Robert won't agree with that because he's so humble, but he is. And the lives that he's touched and he continues to touch are just amazing. You know that pre-COVID, we were 60% um, of our country was not going to church. And that's, that's, those are pre-pandemic uh, numbers. And then when you look on city data, if you ever want to know anything about your city, go to city data, go Google city data, Fort Collins, and you'll find everything you want to know about your city. And there it would tell you that 60,000 people in the city do not go to church, that they're done, that when you say the word church, it's an I've been there, done that type of deal. And so then um, I was led after digging through that and talking with Heather Monday night, and then God confirmed in my quiet time Tuesday morning of this week that I really need to go back to the foundation. It's what Pastor Robert said when he was introducing me, our family is, is, is our church. It's who we are. And that's who we're all called to be as the body, right? And so um, I visited here. I can't get out of my box. I'm sorry. Um, I visited here as, as a teenager pretty much my whole life. My grandparents lived two miles down the street, down Harmony, toward Horsetooth. And the foundation for my faith started with my grandpa. My grandpa was the one who taught me how to pray. And this is in the early 90s. And I can still remember my grandpa telling me, hey, you need to s slow down just a little bit now, okay? And my grandpa was Church of Christ, so the, intro the introduction of his prayer was long enough for, for our prayers today. <laughs> and by the time he got done telling all the adjectives of how great our God was, which he is all of those things, we could have been done eating. And so when he invited me to pray... It was like, it's time, to get, it's time to get this thing done, right? And so, amen, we're all agreed, and, and we eat. And so, in going there, my grandpa taught me how to be a husband more than anybody else in my life. And I remember driving down the streets here thinking about how great of a place this is, mainly because the people who are here, the people that I knew. And in 1999, I was here on a recruit trip. Uh, I was being recruited by Colorado State to play football. I didn't go there because I'm ignorant. And uh, I stayed in Oklahoma and just sweated out. And so um, I was driving down college, and, I, and I, I was three months from being saved and baptized, understanding and realizing the, the call that God had, had had placed on my life, and thought that uh, God would have me here at some point pastoring. I saw a vision. I actually drew it. It's in, a, it's in a leather wallet that my brother made me when I was 14. I just don't know where it's at. And I drew, I drew it out. I drew the church. I drew the people. I drew, I drew everything. And I remember that so vividly. And so when this opportunity came available, I thought, okay, that's that's, that's it. Because 
from my grandpa teaching me how to pray to catching the bus as a 12-year-old all by myself, the church bus coming by my house. My family didn't grow up in church. I was the one to say, hey, mom, I'm going to go to church tonight. Is that cool? Sure. Somebody's going to watch you, and I don't have to watch you. Amazing, right? And so we would, uh, I would catch the bus, and I'd ride it by myself, and, I'd, and it was a long ride because we lived out in the sticks a little bit. And, and from that point to my junior year in high school where my whole family was going to church, to where all the ladies in my uh, life, my sisters and my mom had committed uh, their lives to Jesus and their following. And, and then upon my transition from Tulsa to Detroit, uh, my last service that I led in Tulsa, my brother and his son actually committed their lives to Christ and were baptized that day, which was amazing because that's, that's 14 years of prayer that I've been praying for my brother, who was my mentor in my house. You know, my family was, we yelled a lot. She can confirm that her, her house. They didn't yell at all. Okay. And so, um, so then that point was kind of, it wasn't just a release, it was, um, we're going. And so when we got to Detroit, what we realized was the only people we knew were in our house. And by the way, this is, she is the best part of my life. This is my wife, Heather. And uh, yeah, she's amazing. Um, and her, her tea burnt my tongue this morning, so she can taste it better than I can. Uh, we're both gifted in hospitality. Heather is very hospitable. It's what we believe makes church great. It makes our family great. It makes our house great. When people come to the house, they come to the church. We believe if you can sense a great sense of hospitality, people feel genuinely loved, that you're welcome regardless of what you look like or what you believe or, or what you did last night. If we can just welcome you with open arms and accept you on your terms as opposed to ours, then Jesus can change your life. And so then um, her hospitality tastes really good if you can't tell by the way that I look. <laughs> Uh, my hospitality is a little bit different. I'm a handshake in a conversation. She likes to bake, and, and I like to eat those baked goods. I affirm, I affirm that gift in her. <laughs> and so then, when I, came, uh, when I came to this point, and I thought, okay, if we're going to go back to the foundation, we believe that the purest form of the church is the family. And so then, when we talk about that, you look and you see that in Acts chapter 2, Acts 2. It says in verse 42 through 47, if you want to go that far, I think we're going to park on 42 through 44. It's unique because when you go to plant a church, every church planter parks on this verse. And I really realized that God was planting our house before he was planting our church. And God was really planting me as a disciple, as a devoted disciple, as one with a relationship with God who was committed, who was consistent, who was there to impact that community, right? Which we all are. We all are. And so... What I realized there, and I knew it before, and I, I had pastored for a long time. I spent 20 years in ministry before we ever went and planted in Detroit. And when you build your family on God's word, when you build your family on God's word, then you're part of the family, us, the community of faith. Knowing that the church is a body of people, this is us. When you look around today, you see the body. You see the movement of Christ in our community right here. It's not a monument that we attend or a building that we visit. It's, it's a body, it's a movement, it's alive. The church is alive. And so then when you look and you see that, the best place we can find this is in Proverbs 24.3. I'm a Proverbs guy. I think similar to Robert. I've seen some of his videos. Uh, I've read a Proverbs a day for half my life. And so uh, here's what it says. It says, through skillful and godly wisdom, a house, and this is the amplified version, a house, a life, a home, a family is built. And by understanding, it's established on a sound and good foundation when it's built on the gospel, when it's built on the gospel. And so just like anything in life, you know if you're going to build something, You've got to build it on a great foundation. There has to be a firm foundation. If you were building a house, which we've been close to building a house a couple times, and thank God we didn't. Um, but we've been close to building a house a couple times. If you were to build a house today, and you get through all the paperwork, you've picked all your, all your cabinets, all your colors, all, all the tile, all that stuff, and the contractor would come to you and say, hey, Dusty, I'll tell you what, 
I, we could expedite this process a lot if you just skip the foundation. Matter of fact, we can frame tomorrow. I can save you a lot of money. I can save you a lot of time. And you're going to get in quicker if we just skip the foundation. What would you say? Heck no. Are you kidding me? Dirt floors? That's like, that's too far back, right? And so it's the same thing in approaching our relationship. It's our relationship with God. It's the same thing in approaching our relationship with our spouse and our family and with our community. And so then you wouldn't jump into a relationship with somebody. You wouldn't jump into a marriage. You wouldn't jump into a church without knowing history, beliefs, backgrounds, right? Traditions. Like what, are you, what did you guys do for Christmas growing up? Well, this is what we did. Well, that ain't going to work right? And a lot of us jump into relationships like that. And even in our faith, we just assume, well, now that I'm saved, that's the, that's the finish line. I'm done. And praise the Lord, I'm going to heaven. And really the, 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 the call to salvation is the call to ministry. And that's what I understood that when I got saved in 1997 and I got baptized in 1999, I just need to get plugged in. I knew I was going to pastor. I was drying my left ear off outside the baptism. I just knew it. Clear as a bell. Well, I'm not going to pastor right now as a punk 18 year old kid, right? But I can't cut grass. What, God, what, have you, what do I know to do? I can cut grass. And so I've literally worked in every department of a church all the way to leading a church. And that's just the experience that God's given me. And, and because I was faithful, because I was consistent, because I was diligent with what God put in front of me, he continued to elevate me or promote me. Right? And so then when we go and we start a relationship without knowing a background or foundation, it gets a little rocky. And then when we get to do that in, with humans, like when we go back and forth and, and if we don't discuss anything, what happens is we tend to say, well, I know what, you know what would fix this? We need to have some kids. If we have some kids, it'll really firm up our house, you know, and it'll make us love each other more. And that's crazy. Okay. Because when you throw kids in it, it gets even more hectic and more crazy. And then those people come to the church and they go, Hey, please pray for me, man. I'm drowning over here. Life is hectic right? He's been a part of a lot of those prayers. I've been a part of a lot of those prayers. And that's because we started backwards. We started without a foundation. And so our foundation has to be firm. And so then when we do that, the foundation is, is stable. It's dependable. It's solid. We trust it. We trust it. And Jesus taught this in Matthew chapter 7, 24 through 27. I'm just going to paraphrase. When you, when you build your house on the rock, the gates of hell won't prevail against it. The storms are going to come. The waves will crash. You might be shaken in your boots, but you will not fall. But if you skip the foundation part of that house and you build on the sand, it's a constant rebuild. It's exhausting, guys. It's exhausting. And I was one of those people. I was a doer. And I was married to doing it, and I loved making my checklist, and I loved color coding it, and I loved erasing stuff and moving stuff to top and changing the color, and I loved telling her I would be home at 4.30, and I would be home at 7. And I was a dirtbag for a while, right? But I got it figured out, and God changed my life. When I, when I started leading a church and leading other people, and I started realizing all these things, the perspective that God allowed me to see was, was it changed my life. It changed my life. And then, and so then we know when the storms come, if we're built on the rock, we're standing here. It's not that, it's not, we can't skip the foundation because we want to save money for this time because life is good. Then when all hell breaks loose in our life, we go, oh crap, where's that, where's that solid foundation? I'm going to go stand over there right now. You can't just do that. It's there or it's not, right? And so then it's really the difference. Building on the rock is really God's will for your life versus my way for my life, right? Your will God or my will. And so then when you, when you see what you have in a house or a marriage or a family, when you see that it's either rooted in the truth, 
or it's not. And it's really that simple. And God made it really simple for us, right? When you build on the rock, you can withstand the storms of life. When you build on the sand, it crumbles. You're constantly rebuilding. This is the difference between John 15 and Philippians 4.13. Philippians 4.13 hangs around here somewhere. There's a lot of pictures in here. Maybe it's in, in, the, in the office up front. And so here's the deal. John 15 says, if you remain in me, I'll remain in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you if you remain in me. Later on in John 15, it says, because apart from me, you can do nothing. But we as Christians, we know the Philippians 4.13 version. If you know it, if you know it, you can say it with me. I can do all things through. We all love that verse. We love that. Right. And we and that's true. How? Through Christ. Solid rock foundation. And so then when you do through Christ, it's because he's where you're rooted. He strengthens you because he's your source. So then not only you're rooted there, that is your source. And those both begin at the foundation. They're solid. And this is what we figured out in Detroit. We moved to Detroit and there were only at that time, four people under our roof. I realized I must be very intentional. This is the only adult I know here. <laughs> and nobody wants to know me. And nobody cares that I'm here. And these three little kids, they're disciples. They're followers of Jesus. Well, two of them were at that time. One came along. One was at that time. Two, two came along, which is amazing. And so then, knowing that the, that the purest form of the church is the family, that it starts with us as individuals, it starts with me and the husband, right? And then us as a couple in our family, right? When you root your family in God's word, you become part of the family of faith. This is what Acts 2 is talking about. And then, uh, so then when you look at that, you see the cornerstones of the foundation, right? This is Acts chapter 2, 42 and uh, 43, 44. So if you're taking notes today, Acts, Acts 2, 42 says this, they devoted you want to highlight or underline if you like making your Bible messy, you can do that. Okay, that's okay. They make more. It's the number one selling book of all time, so they're available. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They were devoted. That's, that's our anchor. That's, that's everything. Our devotion. It's our consistency. Consistency completes everything. Anything that's ever been done and done well and finished was done with consistency. God said he's the author and the finisher of your faith. What's that mean? He's got your back always. He's never going to leave. He's there. He's there. All he's asking is for our consistency, right? They devote themselves to the apostles' teaching. That's discipleship. That's individually. That's your growth, your relationship with God. And to fellowship. That's the community of faith. The community of faith. That's us. So you have the I in personal discipleship. You have the us in the fellowship or the, or the community of faith. And breaking of bread and prayer and taking communion together regularly and praying together regularly. So you see all the us stuff there. And verse 43 says, everyone was filled with awe and the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Stop. Why? Why? Because we go back to 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to break of bread and prayer. That's why everyone was filled with awe and the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Now then, verse 44, because all the believers were together and had everything in common. We came to that water, babe. And so then, if you are in the Bible and you see believer there, I want you to highlight just the, just the letter R in believers. All the believers, thank you, were together and had everything in common. Relationship. What do you know about being a believer? You have a relationship with God. It's the relationship that Jesus came to reestablish. You're now reconnected, and God sees you righteous, holy, 
right, good, good enough. You're good enough in God's sight. And so then the four specific things that set the foundation for the family of God, both in the house and in this house, are the building blocks for us as individuals too. Okay? And I believe that when you focus on those building blocks, you become better. And when you get better, we get better. This is personal for me. When I get better, we get better. When we get better, our house gets better. When our house gets better, our community gets better. I cannot pretend to go out and reach the city of Fort Collins if I can't love the person next to me, that lives next to me, right? Or that sits next to me. It starts with us individually first. If we're going to be that movement, if we're going to be that body, it starts with us first individually. Relationship, discipleship, and community, they're all anchored by devotion. They're anchored by devotion. And so then, uh, that's our responsibility as believers. If you remember in Mark chapter 16, what what does Jesus say? Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation, to the human race, to everyone who has a pulse, to everyone who bleeds red, everybody, right? And here's what I know. This might sound familiar to you. If we're going to reach, teach, and help as many people as we can, is that, is that familiar to the Grove? Uh-huh. Right? Yes. If we're going to do that, then our foundation as a church family has to be solid. It has to be solid. Both as individuals and as a family. So then when you're alone, you're solid apart from us. But together we're unshakable. Yeah. And then there's a movement of Christ that takes place. And this, this can happen in this church, in our city, in our state, across the country if the body would firm up their foundation, okay? And so as we look at Acts, I'm going to wrap up here in just a second, if that's okay. As we look at Acts, you see that there was devotion, there was discipleship, there was community, and there was relationship. Now, here's what you see. I want to show you the consistency. It's in verse 46. Day after day, they met together in the temple. Day after day. In verse 47, it said they were praising God each day, and the Lord added to, this is the the contemporary English version, The Lord added to growth in their group others who were being saved. My wife makes fun of me because I'll carry this the whole time and I'll never, ever take a drink. (laughs) Do you know that you picked it up seven times a day and never took a drink? (laughs) The biggest thing that sticks out to me in Acts 2, 42 through 47 is this. They were devoted. They were devoted. They're consistent. They met every day. For who knows how long, but they met every day. They met every day. You need to meet with God every day. You need to meet with your spouse every day. If if I don't find and carve out intentional time for Heather every day, our relationship's not going to be very good. If I only talk to God for three minutes a day when I wake up, that relationship's not going to be very solid. If I only talk to her three minutes a day, that relationship's not going to be very solid. And it's the same when we go and we're a light to the world, right? And so what you see is the first church met for hours every day. And now, as a core believer, this is just a general statistic, so I'm preaching to the choir today, the average family, the average person only goes to church once a month. So we've transitioned from every day to once a month. There are 168 hours in a week, okay? The first church met daily, that's devotion. And, and for some, I can't tell you when because I'm only 40, okay? But there was a gap there, they, were meet, they met every day, and I wonder what the transition was. You know, guys, we could probably do this every other day. And then when I was growing up, it was three times a week, but twice on Sunday, right? And so then it's Wednesday, Sunday morning, Sunday night. And those numbers, you're going three times a week, and you're spending roughly, of those 168 hours, you're spending five to seven hours a week in church. And then we're like, you know what? Twice on Sunday is kind of crazy. We could do away with Sunday night. We just Sunday morning, we went to two. 
And then we went to one. And now it's Sunday only. And now we're transitioning and, and trending towards under an hour. Man, we got to get these people in and out. But we're devoted followers of Jesus. We're devoted. And you're devoted because you're here today. And Jesus challenged people too. So don't take, please don't take what I'm saying the wrong way. It's not wrong. It's not wrong that we need to get in, in here and out of here and out of an hour. It's time has changed. Online, it's trending under seven minutes. All of you here won't watch anything on your phone for longer than seven minutes. Most of you, three minutes. Okay? And so then that's the perspective we need when, we're, when we leave from here, right? And so what that means is we must be better individually. Our foundations individually must be better if we're going to make an impact in the community because nobody wants to come and listen to anybody speak for over an hour anymore because we've all been to school, okay? We've all heard the teachers say that. We've all been lectured, and nobody wants to go and listen to a guy, hey, let me tell you what I learned this week from the Lord. <laughs> nobody wants to go listen to those talks anymore. <laughs> How are we helping people move forward in their faith is really the question. And so it's why the smaller gatherings are important. It's why daily chair time with God is so important. And so then, we've got to do a better part. We've got to do a better job as our part uh, during the week. So then, because the reality is, is on Sundays when we go from here to the streets, that's when people see Jesus, right? They don't see Jesus if I've been playing in the sandbox all week and I go, I'm going to go over here and stand on top, of this, on top of this mountain because, well, it's Saturday and it's nice outside. Jesus, that doesn't win anybody because they see it in your consistency, are you the same person Sunday as you are Saturday, as you are Tuesday, as you are Friday? That's what they're looking for. And the people are not the same. That foundation's real thin, right? And you can call it a foundation, but it wears through. The thinner the foundation, the thinner the concrete, the faster it wears through. And so then, you're the church wherever you go. You are the church wherever you go, right? And so then, it's not about tasks completed or hours served, <laughs> It's about being an example of Jesus everywhere you go. That scripture is 1 Timothy 4.12. Be an example in word, deed, purity, and faith everywhere you go. What do we tell our kids? Be an example, even if you have to use words. Nobody wants to listen to anybody say anything, but if you'll show them, they'll follow you. So just be an example, even if you have to use words. So let me give you five things. Five things. Lots of stuff. Before I do that, though, Thank you, Lord. The foundation of family, the foundation of the church was built with consistency, our daily commitment. Acts 2.46, uh, every day they met with glad and sincere hearts. They're not grumpy. They're not complaining. Glad and sincere hearts. That's Heather's favorite verse. Do everything without grumbling and complaining. Set your, set your mind, set your eyes on things that are above, not below. Get out of the mess. It's such a mess around us right now, guys. Get out of the mess. Anything that's ever been completed has been completed with consistency. You know my favorite quote is consistency completes everything. Here's what happens, though. Here's what, here's what Jesus says in Acts 2, 47. With consistency, fruit comes. With consistency, fruit comes. 2, 47. Each day the Lord added to them. They became greater disciples. They became a stronger family. It was full circle as iron sharpens iron. So one man sharpens another. Why? Because they're consistent. Because they're living their lives as an example of Jesus. So then to firm for foundation, there's five things. Number one, number one, be relational. It's Acts 2, 44. All the Lord's followers, all believers, right? Met regularly. They shared everything they had. They were like family. They were like family because they were family. It's Pastor Robert bringing Julie and Victoria and John. Their family's here. And because their family's here, other families get 
influenced by that. It's why a woman drove up from San Antonio today. Family. Family. Or flew up, sorry. She didn't drive. That's crazy. Okay? That's a crazy drive. So then, the relationship is twofold. It's vertical and it's horizontal, if you've heard this before. Right? It's really Matthew 22, 37 to 39. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, everything you have. Love him with everything you have. If you'll do that, and you'll love your neighbor as yourself, you'll find, verse 40 says, everything else will take care of itself. You'll find that you're obeying all the other commands, is what it says. Love God with everything you have, your whole heart, and love your neighbor as yourself. This is what we're teaching our kids. Horizontally, that's us around us, right? And so vertically, have a heart for God that motivates you to live His will for your life every single day, not your way. Around you, use what God's given you and who God has made you to be to love and serve others the same way that you want to be served. How do you do that? Never stop learning. Never stop learning. Dig in the Bible every day. The depth that Scripture brings us is, is miraculous, guys. Be transformed. Let God's Word transform your heart. Oh, be a disciple. Be a disciple. This is Acts 2.42. Devote yourself to what? To the apostles' teaching. To fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to prayer. Do it often. Do it often. Number three, be consistent. Acts 2.46. Every day. Every day. Every day. I don't feel good today. Every day. Every day. Because God says we're not moved by our feelings. You're not moved by feelings. So don't, don't even listen to that. Okay? Be consistent. You can do this. It starts with you individually first. And it affects your family. And it affects your house. And it affects this house. And then it'll affect the street you live on in our community. And we'll see a move of God here like never before. Across the country. Not just here. Everywhere. Because she's going back to San Antonio. But you can come back here anytime. <laughs> remember the, the purest form of the church is the family our foundation begins at your house it begins at your house it begins as a family how do you do that consistency consistently living your faith in every area of your life it's consistent obedience right number four be a community this is us this is how we go it's acts 242 they were like family to each other they broke bread they prayed together they met together regularly. They were consistent. And they shared everything. How do you do this? Be honest. Be honest. When I started being honest with God, when I started being honest with, with Heather, man, our, relation, our relationship grew. Our relationship grew. Honesty. Have deeper, transparent relationships. Have a genuine commitment to the body of Christ. A genuine commitment to the body of Christ. Be the church. That's all he's asking us to do is just be the church. Number five, be devoted in everything. Be devoted in everything. Your relationship with God, with others, this is, this is a lot. There's commas here. We did good this morning. You're, be devoted in everything. Your relationship with God, with others, in your personal walk, in your discipleship, in your consistency in that, and in our community. This takes time, doesn't it? It takes time. And the, and the number one thing we like to say is, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. Don't let busy be an excuse for you to miss out on time with God, to grow as a, as a follower of Jesus, to be a better husband, to be a better wife, to be a better dad, to be a better leader, pastor, coworker, friend, CEO, whoever you are today. Don't miss out. Take the time to do those things. My foundation started less than two miles from here. It's what caused me to get on the bus as a 12-year-old boy. You all have similar stories, I'm sure. Somebody impacted you and led you, and showed you, and thank God for those people. Thank God for the women in my life who prayed for me consistently, and they never stopped. So thankful for that. Today, your action step is very simple if you're taking notes. Choose to build your life on the truth. 
And don't just choose to live your li- build your life on the truth. Live in that truth. Live in that truth. So you're going to firm up your foundation by consistently devoting yourself in your relationships as a disciple and in your community. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to share today. Regardless of what the time was, I have no clue. I just, I just ask you to honor the word, Lord. I ask you, Lord, to um, let this sink into people's hearts. Give them open ears and open hands, Lord, to receive, but not just to receive, but to walk in it, Lord, to be in it. So they can be about your business during the week, Lord, as personal disciples, as followers of Jesus, as leaders in their house, as leaders in their business. So we can see more people get to know you because of the life that we live, the life that we choose to lead. It's in your name we pray. Amen.